Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the PH Sales Chemical Holistic Healing Hour with your host and moderator, me, Grandpa Bell. We're here daily. We continue to grow exponentially with your help, and we are growing. Thank you for continuing to pay it forward. We appreciate that. Today, we're going to go back to pretty much where. BH sales started very much past tense in retirement, carrying on in goodwill ambassadorship. But back in 1995, when I left corporate America, I actually forged my own business for a quarter century, and a lion's share of my clientele were and are indeed preppers. Of course, with the world being at the precipice where it is as we speak, prepping has kind of cracked the surface to a very large degree over the last three to five years for a number of reasons, mostly the obvious. So the subcrustacean, in some genres, so-called preppers. <clears throat> I've been prepared for lots of things for a long time, and I want to highlight some of the things that we, especially in the Western Hemisphere, Americans, that just quite candidly, if we look in the mirror and tell the truth, well over 90% of the populace is in no way, shape, or form prepared. So we want to go over a guide for about 30 minutes or so <clears throat> of some whys and wherefores that you should most assuredly start thinking about it in earnest. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back after the break, and thanks for being here. Let's start to peel back the cover a little bit on preppers, prepping, intermediate level beginners, seasoned pros, wherever you may fall in that. Things that you might want to consider if you haven't done so already, in case of an emergency of any nature. Regardless of the cause, it's estimated that about 280 million Americans are not prepared for any kind of an emergency situation. It's actually since I've been dealing with clients of the proper nation and proper status since 1995, it may be lesser known. In your area, such as mine, <laughs> Portland, Maine, and there's a chance that you have no idea how important it is to be prepared for an emergency or a disaster. Many households are of conflicting opinion in that regard. I would dare to say <clears throat> you may know several within your. Neighborhood, according to different surveys conducted, over 90 percent, which equates again to 280 million Americans at least, are not prepared 
medical emergency situation. Again, it's never too late to start prepping. The Mason-Dixon line on the clock is ticking, if you will, but especially if you want to make sure that you can protect yourself and your family and provide for their needs in a disaster or an emergency scenario. <clears throat> I was never a Boy Scout when I was a kid, but I have an affinity for the code, much like I was never a veteran. For war or military service, I have very much an affinity for their code. Boy Scout wise, having family members that were, from what they can tell me, and recantering with this old man's brain, the code that may not be in a particular order because I wasn't a Boy Scout, but. Helpful, loyal, trustworthy, courteous, kind, thrifty, cheerful, obedient, brave, clean, and reverent. <laughs> That's from one of my magnetic memory method techniques. I'll talk about a little bit later. But <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons why non-preppers, for sure, should start preparing like as soon as now. Don't drag your feet. So to put it into perspective, many experts have warned that things, you know, may go south. And depending on your sources, <clears throat> your auditory acuteness, and if we are paying attention. Less than 10% of America is prepared for a disaster. We've been conditioned. We've talked about this a lot here. This is why the intuitives that are growing in great numbers and that we're plugging into—that's the audience we want, we need—and quite honestly, the only one that this will ever resonate with, <clears throat> because we've been spoiled, and we definitely have become. Complacent. If you look back at the early pioneers in the history of the country, for instance, they most assuredly were preppers in their own rights. But early pioneers like that—they they didn't have. We talked a lot about this with recent guests on my podcast show, for sure. They didn't have the amenities we've had, medicine or otherwise, supermarkets, conveniences, phones. People in white lab coats. <clears throat> Depending on how far back you go, often not having the opportunity to bathe for literally days and/or weeks in some instances. So non-preppers rely on those modern conveniences, and boy, more so in the last 25 years. The more intensification, we're almost totally dependent and reliant on machines, convenience, <clears throat> we bear our souls. It's the main reason why we're so obese, sick, ill. <clears throat> Then, of course, with a lot of help, 
process may be nefarious or otherwise. Nature, you know, airborne toxins, soil, water, acid rain, all the things, industrial pollution <laughs> isn't the solution. So nonprofits also rely on all of these conveniences, like electricity, cars, <laughs> cars, appliances, roads, pharmacies, hospitals. How's the roads in your neighborhood doing? How's the price of automobiles doing in your neighborhood? How's the hospitals doing in your neighborhood? Pioneers had no choice. <clears throat> They had to become in tune with nature and cooperate with it to survive. They learned quickly on how to prepare for natural disasters. I often refer to my mom was born during the bubonic plague. She lived to be 84 years old. My grandfather survived it. My father survived it. A few of my aunts survived it. The tragedy there: one of my aunts who killed her was、uh, it was before the onset of penicillin. Again, things we had been conditioned to believe over the years, going back any time. So many Americans have never even been taught how to work together on common tasks of major community projects. More so, diminishing over the last 25 years, the overall communal. Effort and support is diminishing. We're strangers within our own neighborhoods, our own communities, and then, of course, with the influx of populations and what have you, <laughs> we're definitely strangers within our own communities. Let's think. So, while prepping may seem too extreme for some, there's no denying that it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. For any natural disaster or otherwise, but hurricanes, fires, wildfires, <laughs> whether they get little help or what have you, they've gotten a lot of help by the human populace for thousands of years by continuing to pollute it. So, lots of times. Preppers, when you use your quotation fingers, those that are and those that are well versed in the subject far more than I, I was just blessed to come into it and to continue to be the conduit. Had a successful career in a lot of regards in the business world by all those connections I had and all the capacities I had. Past tense in business, now retired, continuing to pay it forward. And most assuredly, assembling some sort of a exit plan, game plan, prep plan to encompass food, exit routes, bug out bags. So preppers that are taken for whatever outside of their own genre, and you know, the media as it stands, the world as it burns forward, whatever. If a major earthquake were to hit many states alone, let's say California for one, with the high propensity of that most assuredly happening, because of the fault line, it could trigger other faults that go all the way 
to include the drip fault in the Midwest, affecting at least seven states from that one. It's a pretty good fault <laughs> that goes through New England, Maine, Appalachian Trail. California-wise, peripheral states that could be affected if something were to really fester and spout from the top of a mountain and the fall cracks there. That would go into like Tennessee, Missouri, Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana, Mississippi, just to pick a few in different regions within northwestern, southwestern. Southern, western, western, northeastern, and southeastern parts of each of those states, according to experts, Mount Saint Helens is ready to erupt again, along with Mount Rainier, the supervolcano, the caldera in Yellowstone National Park. There have been hundreds of tremors recorded in 2023 alone in a hundred-mile diameter of caldera. Let's take another 10-second break, and when we come back, we'll go probably for another 10 or 15 minutes to try to keep this to 30 minutes. And what we do continually to try to abate this together within the family unit, within the community, it is around the proverbial corner. It may already be there in your community. We'll be right back. Okay, thanks for coming back and welcome. And those of you that continue to follow the show, and thank you for doing so. We are growing fairly quickly and with a pretty good modicum of jumping. I continue to need your help. Asking you to pay it forward, and of course we're applicable with the business shows and all of that.、And、I do three shows daily for the last four and a half plus years. Be five years in August of this year, and I've done podcasting for years, flying under the proverbial radar for a lot of reasons. I'm in the 2,000 plus episode column for sure. <laughs> For a lot of reasons,、uh, aforementioned, yeah, flying under the proverbial radar. We've done these shows for a lot of different reasons, and we're now in retirement. And the intuitive groups, which are necessitated for legacy, is what I've always talked about here: food for the mind, the body, and the soul. We continue to do that today, taking a look at prepping. For all that, most assuredly, will include foodstuffs, medicines, which are already impugned for a number of reasons that we've gone through before. And overlooking, especially in the Western culture, many old mindsets, conditions, broken-down system, bull-faced lies, combination of the above, which has made our choices. A little bit more imminent. So there's many ways to get started on your prepping journey wherever you are. If you're novice to beginner, for sure, when prepping a bug out bag, which we'll talk about in the whole show coming up, 
You don't want to forget to include clean drinking water or methods of filtering and purifying water you find outdoors, like a bladder bag, which I'll talk about, and like a water filter or iodine tincture, which we'll talk about for sure, to help filter water. Under the premise that it may be an emergency, <laughs> something we've been accused of in Maine. Inside joke up here, drinking out of mud puddles pertinent to a fine natural spring water. Well, we weren't and aren't under that case, but if you're out in the woods or whatever, forced to do so, and there are all of these weather conditions and impure drinking water and availability, you may be drinking out of a mud puddle. So you need clean drinking water to prevent dehydration. The average healthy person can live, depending on, you know, a lot of things: your physiology, medical history, the way you've lived, <laughs> the Western Hemisphere culture. But you can live basically 50 to 80 days without food. And again, depending on your stress level, self-induced already prior to. <laughs> wait, wait till this goes up a tick. Ain't seen nothing yet as far as people's conditions and anxiety and stress. And there's going to be a lot of oh my god, how did that happen? Where did that come from? So, when prepping your bug out bag, don't forget to include drinking water for sure. We'll go over a lot of beginners' guides to prepping and things to remember for the new preppers and upcoming shows. You need clean drinking water to prevent. Dehydration. You can die three to five days without water, regardless of your physiology, your history, or what culture you came from. If you're of the human persuasion, after the five-day mark, if you get that far without water, you're pretty much done. So there's many ways to start, and the American food shopper, for sure. Kind of, sort of has this because anytime there was ever before all of this, you know, snowstorm coming or whatever your regions were. I don't know about outside Maine, but then it was the opposite premise: glutting, hoarding, going way over the top in what may have not have been like the storm of the century, although a couple times there was. Anyway. You have to have a propensity of balance in everything in your life. Of course, the grocery store thing is all havoc related now. <clears throat> Stay tuned on those venues coming up probably real soon. However, you can die again three or five days without water. So by The principle that we're now paying more attention to, probably, but always, you know, in a couple extra cans of storable food, bottles of clean water, whatever. If you're not already in that habit, that's a good one to get started. Your sources are getting pure, limited, clean food availability. There is inflation, there is recession, and there is a monetary change. All things in play, and we're going to, for sure, just keep adding. To the situation, necessitating that you have to add to your stockpile whenever you can. Discipline yourself in time. You should have at least three to six months of food and water on hand. If you don't, 
and that should be enough for your family if you face a long-term survival scenario and require bugging in and bugging out, like an extended power outage, for instance. And even if disaster doesn't strike, you can still use up your food supply. Don't forget to rotate items to make sure that they don't expire. Like a proverbial grocery store, if you worked in one as a kid or wherever. Ask them first out. Five oh five oh. If space is an issue, you should invest in efficient ways to purify the water in case you run out or looters steal your water supply. All these things could come up a notch. The Red Cross and the Federal Emergency Management Agency (FEMA) recommend electric or non-electric water distillers for emergencies or disasters, since the distillation process kills viruses, bacteria, and parasites, and it'll help remove toxins and most of all chemicals from contaminated water. Even if you're just using a countertop water filter for tap water, it's so much better. You want to diminish your intake of tap water as far as drinking to as little as you possibly can, regardless of where you reside. But you need water for personal reasons and hygiene, if indeed it hits, and most assuredly drinkable water. So when sources become impugned, you may want to think about refiltering tap water and storing it, stashing it, whatever. Thirst and hunger are pretty weird motivators. Water distillers, on the other hand, help remove all contaminants. If you have a non-electric water distiller, you can purify water from a polluted water source, like your pool, your drainage dish, a pond, a river, a lake, a puddle. For food storage, you need long-lasting survival food: rice, beans. Those are the commonality ones, but you need something that's going to have carbohydrates, calories. Gonna have to stay healthy at the same time to burn off the calories. Gonna have to think about availability of medicines or lack thereof. So together, these two foods—water and food, rice, beans, water-saturated fruits, vegetables—we'll get into that. Nutrients from the sea, kelp. Spent a career on that. Sea vegetables. How they replenish amino acids, trace minerals, carbohydrates, protein, vitamins, and minerals. Then, cooking procedures to do so. Ah,、uh, there's the rub. You want to be prepared for those if you don't have power, and you do have to become mobile to do so. But one cup of rice will produce three cups of rice in the cooking stage, and it's the same with beans usually. You can usually store both beans and rice for a really long time, and those that have come hermetically sealed in emergency-based prep food based in the plastic tubs with a watertight, airtight screw-on gamma lid and/or protection and sealed number ten cans with their own caps and so forth. Should also prepare a basic first aid kit and a flashlight or a lantern, extra batteries, 
fire starting tools, a lighter, matches, a striker, something for cooking. Additionally, you need a way to cook food if you run out of propane, or fuel, or whatever, or electric stoves, or gas stoves, or whatever. You can cook on campfires. Prep a backpack with tools for sure, like a knife, a can opener, a hatchet, a rope, twine, or paracord. A crank radio, if you can, it doubles as a power bank for charging small devices like your cell phone or flashlight. Start your research and find out which items and supplies you need for your survival stockpile. We'll be talking about it here for sure, each and every day. Storable foods from vendors like. Michael King, Vitality Herbs and Clay, Marjorie Wildcraft, Michael Adams, medicines, foods, prepping. We'll talk about it. Take it a little bit deeper. We'll see you again tomorrow and continue pick up where we left off today. We'll say bye bye for now. And may God bless. Peace, everyone.